Hi, Dan. Hi, Bill. How are you tonight? I am great. I'm very relaxed. I've had a very nice, relaxing weekend. How about yourself? Uh, not too shabby. Yeah, I uh, spent all last night counting money on a roof. <laughs> all last <laughs> night. Come on. That took 10 minutes. Yeah, no. Uh, that the, was fun. The counting is the fun part. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how it always works out. I'm not quite sure what that roof deck we ended up on was, though. That was very... That was one of those odd New York moments. Like What's let's that? let's go up six stories onto this roof deck that we have no idea who these people are. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it happens more frequently in that area as well. Or I would imagine in Brooklyn. You know, I, I think that it's funny because uh, on my way home, I was browsing through my my you know my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed, I guess you could say, and uh, there seemed to be a lot of rooftop activity amongst people I'm friends with. Must be nice. Uh, so, so we weren't alone with our rooftop um, experience. Yeah, it was definitely one of those. Yeah, it was a good uh, night for it. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Um, so, we have some ideas? Yes. Uh, maybe we should start the podcast with addressing you, the listener, our audience, our, our dozen or so. <laughs> uh, so far, there follow- will be more. Followers. Well, we'll see. Um, we, uh we were just thinking how it would be nice uh, to hear from the folks listening in uh, with any ideas that they might have for the podcast as far as uh, stuff that we should talk about, stuff that we shouldn't talk about. Um, stuff that offended I, you that we talked about? Yeah. We want to make a list. Make, make uh, Yeah. Um, stuff that offended you uh, or stuff that you, you want to hear more about. Uh, any creative ideas uh look you know we're just we're we've sort of been doing this on our own with with a very sort of kind of closed audience um and i think it's time to open it up another step uh i'm going to be posting a a little just a little entry on the blog uh asking for submissions for ideas uh or i guess if you have (laughs) chances are you're one of our friends and you have our email addresses so you can always just send us an email with a with a thought as well but uh i just wanted to sort of put that out there officially on the record that uh we would love to hear from our our listeners with any any praise or or criticism uh regarding the podcast i agree yes so so a couple weeks ago yes we talked about our first cameras yes and uh you know we thought that maybe we'd finish that thought up by talking about our current cameras yeah. there are some photographers who follow us and might be interested in what we use, why we use it, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely. So is that a good plan? I think it's a good plan. I can't remember who went first last time. I feel like I went you first. You went first last time. So I think, I think you should go first this time. I can do that. Uh, let's see. Well, I have many cameras. Are we talking mm. about the one camera or are we talking about... Since I haven't actually used multiple cameras, I should probably go over a few of them. Yeah. Um, why don't you start with the one that you use most frequently and then work your way back? Well, as we discussed last time, I am a Canon user. Mm-hmm. Dan is a Nikon user. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes me the Microsoft to your Mac? Well, as if that weren't enough. I mean, you're also a Windows guy and <laughs> I'm a, true. a Mac guy predominantly. It so, is true. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. So, um, my current body is a 5D Mark II, which I enjoy very much. 
uh, I used to have a 1DS Mark III, which I sold to buy the 5D2 because I wanted a smaller camera. Physically However, smaller. Physically smaller, yeah. Although, you know, I, I somewhat regret that decision. Oh, yeah? I will admit, yeah. How come? Because, you know, it, the, the 5D Mark II might be slightly better at high ISOs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, I still feel, although, you know, if you go look up the numbers and everything, the 5D is supposed to be a better sensor and supposed to put out better images. I found the 1DS images to be better. Less shadow huh. noise. Um, and up to 800 or 1600, the noise was not a problem on that camera either. And I don't shoot above 1600 unless I absolutely have to. You yeah, know? that's, that's like stretching if we were, it on. Like we were out camera. last night. Right. Well, no, well, the 5D2 can do 64 easy. No, but I'm saying any, any camera of, of that generation, any camera from, from the you know, 2008 yeah. uh, range, that, that those cameras just kind of top out at 1600 at the most. Uh, you're saying the 1DS, the 1DS, the 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 original D3, um, you know any any of that generation, yeah, yeah. of oh, full I got frame you. sensor, yeah. yeah I mean, saying- it's it's you know, and I used I had a 1DS and I used it for a few shoots and I used it for you know, and I go back and look at those images, the files, and I like them better. I like the look of them, but hmm. it's too late, and I lost a lot of money on that camera too. Huh. Well, well, did you buy it when it first came out? No, I bought it when it was out for I don't know six or eight months. So, but you still played like close to. But it was still full price. It, right? it was eight grand, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I sold it for I think forty five. Ouch! Yeah, because wait, wait, how how when did you sell it though? Well, right after the five D two came out, so everyone was a lot of people were selling them at the time. Oh, so you were just yeah, I got. I kind of I kind of lo- got lost in the in the list price or you know the street price had come down a bit at the time and you know. I kind of right, got right. caught in a confluence of bad luck, but confluence. whatever. Um, yep. The practical upshot of all this is that I use a 5D2, although, you know, and I have no problem with it. You know what it is? It's like the, the mirror blackout time. It's a little is, slow. It's really fast on the 1D, obviously, yep. and it's slower on the 5D. It's but true. I think that that is that and true 100% viewfinder, mm-hmm. where the 5D2 is like, like 96% or it's something. It's like 98%. Yeah, like, so it's like so yeah. close, but at the same time, it's nice knowing exactly where your crop is, you know. True. Um, so I, you know, I, I had it. Whatever. That's the end of that. But uh, as far as glass goes, uh, mm. I'm a prime guy. Right. I, I used to have a lot of zooms. I used to have a the seventy seventeen to forty, and the uh, seventy to two hundred, um, both of which I sold. The only zoom I still have is the twenty four to seventy two point eight, which right. Which is a, it's a great lens. I mean, I think that's which like is a great, and, for and I yeah, shooters. and I use yeah. it, and you know, it's fine. I use it actually when I need macro more than anything else, and it's not true macro, but it's a lot closer focusing than any of my other lenses. Hmm. So um, I use that. Although you know, it's funny because there are a lot of big photographers who shoot with that lens all the time. You know. Yeah. Uh, like, no, it's true. I, I worked with this other guy. That was his only lens, dude. He literally it never left his body. Yeah. He and, had a five D. And twenty four to seventy, and that's that was his that was his camera. Might Let me tell you well something though: piece. when you take that lens off and you put a good prime on, it mm-hmm. is like night and day. No, I I've seen the difference myself. Which kind of makes me think people who use zooms all the time, unless they have to, unless you're like a sports shooter or something like that, and you know, or you're you know you're on the street taking pictures and you have to be able to zoom really quick. Right. The loss of image quality, especially when you get into the twenty megapixel sensors. I mean, yeah. 
it's it's kind of like you're wasting half of your camera. You know what I mean? No, I I, I hear what you're There's saying. There's a softness it's, to the files that's just not right. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting uh it's just I think it's an interesting testament to the equality of of the Canon primes, man, especially those Oh, they're killing the L, yeah. Oh, the, the L glass is amazing. It's, yeah. It's really sharp. So, uh I uh my lenses, I use a 28 1.8 which uh, I used on the entire Drabble series. That's all I right. shot with. Um, I have the 35 1.4L. I have the 50 1.2L. I have the 85 1.2L. Um, I mean, the only di- the real downside to those lenses, other than the magnificent cost of them, <laughs> uh, is probably the weight. Yeah, they're and really the size. Tubby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're they're heavier than the body. You know. Yeah, totally. Um, which, which is another thing that if they were if they were sitting on a, a 1D. Which was you feel more proportionate, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there, there's a little bit more camera there for you to kind of hold on to. Exactly, it's counterweighted yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that would that would be that. So, those are all my only lenses. My longest lens is an eighty-five. I was talking uh, at a I was at a party the other night, and I was talking to this woman who travels a lot. And she carries her camera around. She takes pictures, and she was saying she was taking pictures of these lions or something, and these elephants in the jungle, and all this kind of stuff in in Asia. And, oh, yeah? and, and I said, you know, it's really funny. It's like, I, I usually, when I travel, I don't bring my digital camera because I don't have any of the lenses that make for good travel photography, you know? Um, what are you talking about? Uh, the fact that I don't, or the fact that I don't have the lenses. What you, what, when you say you don't have the lenses that for well, good I, travel photography? Well, I just, oh, cause you're saying you don't have any zooms or For like, like wildlife and that kind sure, of stuff. Sure. You know, I, I don't have long lenses, um. So I just tend not to shoot that way when I travel. Um, but it's it's just kind of, it's interesting, yeah. I mean, my digital kit is very specialized for what I do and what I need it for. Um, we'll get into lighting in a second, but I, I've got a couple speed lights, you know, that I use. A, I think it's a, was it a 580 and a 550? Something like that. Something like can't, that. Whatever the can I think Canon only has, like, they've only been doing speed lights for a couple of years, so they don't have as many as Nikon. Um, but I know fi- the fi- I want to say it's the 580 EX2. Yes. That's that's what I'm. That's the one thinking. I have. I have one of those, and I have an old 550, whatever, the, okay. the, or something like that, the older one. Uh, so uh-huh. I use those, um, which is you know they're fine with the little uh, speed light adapter to or transmitter infrared. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah the controller thing. I've got one of those doodaddies, which is fine indoors, is fine outdoors as long as it's not too bright out and you're not too far away and you have line of it's sight. It's all about. Line of sight. I yeah, just exactly. don't understand why Nikon and Canon don't do this all radio. You know, I mean, uh, I, I I understand that it's costly, whatever it is, but it just it's kind of you know, like if I had to guess, I would guess it. It's probably more. Uh, this might sound weird, but I I, w- I would guess it's more of a a legal an issue. FCC um, issue. The what? Yeah, FC- exactly. Yeah. F- FCC. Yeah. You know, because you have to think about it. I mean, their products are you know available yeah. worldwide yeah and yeah. you know the, the right. radio frequencies work you know it's different in every country giant pain so, in the ass though so i can imagine it like being a real huge pain for them to have like oh well this is the u.s version yeah yeah, yeah. The Europe but version, isn't there there the are Asia international version. white spaces aren't there i don't know my dad anyway. would know so uh so yeah i have those now as far as that's my only digital camera i also really? have yep well i have an old huh. 5d body my old 5d that huh. i keep as a backup um, huh. although Heather's got it at the moment. Um, huh. but, uh, yeah, and that's it. You don't have a point and shoot? No. Huh. 
I used to have a little digital elf. You know, and every few years I go, oh, I wish I had one of those so I could throw it in my bag and carry it around. And then I buy one and invariably like six months later I realize that I've never actually used it at all and I sure. give it to my mother. Um, <laughs> so I just gave up on that. Um, nice. Uh, now, as far as uh, film cameras go, I have a I have an old Canonette little rangefinder. I have a, a Lon 7 body. I have... Did you say l- Canonette? Yeah, you know the little rangefinders, the little ones from the seventies. I don't think I've ever seen they're one these of those. little. They're these little uh, rangefinder cannons that <laughs> you can uh, you can get them. I, I think I bought two for a hundred dollars. So they're fixed. They're like self contained, yeah, 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 non interchangeable yeah. lenses. Nope. Yeah, one like one little lens. It's like a little mini Leica. It's cool. Are they made out of metal or plastic? Metal. Are they black or silver? They're silver. I'll go get you one and I'll show it to you in a minute. Okay. Uh, I don't really use it because mine's a little busted and the the film door cracks open sometimes. Like, the latch on it's not very good. That's Uh, not good. But, you know, I mean, I just bought it to tinker around with, you know. Um, Sure. But I've since bought a Leica uh, M4, so I have less use for the Canonette. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I only use one lens with that, just a 50, because I'm old school and I don't really want to spend eight grand on on some (laughs) other lenses. It's Um, true. For the amount I use it, you know. But I travel with that camera, you know. I I find it's fun. Like, I was down in Puerto Rico a few months ago, and that's the camera I brought. And it's fun to walk around and have a really, yeah, to have a really quiet camera that, and it's funny nowadays, even though it's it's a Leica and any photographer you know will look at it and go, oh my God, nice camera, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your average person on the street or your average guy who's going to, like, pickpocket or grab it off your shoulder thinks that it's a crappy old camera. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Even though they, it's still a $1,500 camera, they'd look at it as if it's a piece of junk, you know? No, it's true. That's uh, true. Now, uh, the other stuff I have, I, I have a, a Hasselblad 500CM, mm-hmm. old school, uh, from 72, I think it is. And that one is, actually, you know what? I think my Leica is like from 74. I must like early 70s cameras. Um, where, do you, where do you get your used cameras from? KEH.com. That's what I thought. Uh, not the Leica, pretty... but I did for the Hasselblad and my yeah. Mamiya. Those guys are pretty good. You have a Mamiya too? I had an RZ67. I sold it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like a couple years ago. I didn't really like it. It's, yeah, we talked about that in an earlier. Yeah, too episode. big and heavy. No, um, they're huge. Yeah. So I got rid of that. I just have the Hasselblad with one 80 millimeter lens, and I brought that to Japan, and it was fantastic. Because, you know, the pictures that come out of a Hasselblad, especially, you know, the Zeiss lenses with the T star coating and the whole thing. I mean, yeah, dude. they have there's, a look. You know? just, yeah, there's something really just like distinct and yeah. I hate to use the word magic about it. I mean, I, I, I would use that same magic term on, on Mamiya as well. Like there's a certain Hasselblad magic and a certain Mamiya magic, a certain Leica magic. Uh, yeah. For the, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, it just looks like a certain, yeah. a certain way. And, and, and the, then I guess you, and then you, you lay that, that whole thing on top of the fact that you're shooting on film. That's an yeah. additional, especially slide film. Oh my you God. Know, and the, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I shot 25 rolls of, of slide film on the Hasselblad in Japan over two weeks. So like a couple rolls wow. a day, uh, that's a roll that's and a half, two rolls a day. And it was, you know, it was great. Um, expensive. Yes. Pain yeah, in the ass that's... to scan. Yes. It, it's just, you know, it is, it's a very different, and there are times when it would be very, very handy to have a digital. You're in Japan, you're outside, yeah. it's noon, you're at Todaji, you take a picture of the temple, then you go inside right. and it's, you know, so dark, you can't even see your feet. You know, you're yeah. carrying a 5D, you crank it up to 6400 on a Prime, and you can take pictures inside. 
Well, if you had maybe if you had a, multiple a film backs, backs I could have. Film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I decided, you know, um, I was trying to keep it small. No, but but you know, I think that that's one of the the, the fun sort of charming aspects. I don't maybe charming is not the right word, but you know, one one of the more endearing aspects I think of of, of film, especially in the larger format. And, you know, people have talked about this. This is not anything earth breaking, but I, we've never discussed it here. And that's just that uh, when you get into the larger format, because it's 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 bigger, it's heavier, yep. uh, it's more expensive, it's it's harder to get, you know, harder to focus. Yep. Uh, everything becomes a little bit more critical. You take and different that, pictures with it. Yeah, exactly. Things things get slower, and then I think it, it uh, in a way it kind of elevates the 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 photography. You know, the the level of art, I guess you could say, the technical art artistry in in the in the act of taking pictures. You take um, more time taking pictures. I mean, I, I mean, when I when I think of that, the first analogy that comes to mind is is, is that you know, large format and medium format film photography are like one step closer to painting or sculpting. You know, which yeah. are both, you know, medium that, you know, take some time. I mean, you could be really good at it and really fast, but you just doesn't matter. I mean, it, that that shit takes takes a minute to, to get it looking the way you want it to look. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it's, it's and it's funny <laughs> because, I, you know, I have I, I ever told you my idea about digital versus film. Uh, your idea? Yeah. Or my uh, my theory about it all. No, I don't think so. So, I mean, obviously I shoot both and no one would ever claim that I I'm a film shooter or a digital shooter, you know, that I'm some sort of bigot either way. Um, sure. I like both. I, uh, I understand both. Um, but, you know, I think what it is is that I take a picture of you right now on digital. Uh-huh. And two years later, we go back and look at that raw file on my computer. It's going to look like it was taken today in the present. Like the t- pictures taken on a digital camera always kind of feel now, mm-hmm. capital N. Where mm-hmm. if, if I was over your house tonight and we took a picture of you with my Leica, the minute I go get that developed, it looks like it was taken in the past. You know what I mean? That, that, yeah, like it, that, it, that, it could have been taken anywhere from now till 20, 30 years yeah. from, from now in the where, past. Where, yeah. where digital feels like it's always whenever the present is. You know, digital is always in the present. Film's always in the past. And maybe something to do with the fact that when you take a digital picture, it is how it is on that card then pretty much how it is where film takes multiple step, you know, you got to go get it developed before it becomes anything. You know what I mean? So there's sort of like a, there's a process to it that there isn't in digital. Um, No, it's true. I I just, I find it. uh, So that's, it's film pictures feel more like memories to me. Yeah. To, to further that one of the interesting things, sometimes my dad and I would get into these, uh, we get into these philosophical conversations. um, Never do that. It's dangerous. I know. Well, fortunately, my dad's pretty good at it. Um, and uh, there's two two little photo philosophy nuggets that he uh, that he dropped on me um, over the years. Uh, the first one, he, he the first one, he, 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 we were talking about like just the fundamentals of of what a photograph is, as far as you know, an exposure is concerned. Yep. And it's like if you think about it, um, let's let's just say that you know. If you had to t- take some sort of a, an inventory, if there was a way that you could probably, if the, you could possibly calculate all of the photographs, let's say you, you took a hundred photographs, right, and you averaged all of their shutter speeds together, right? Yeah. So so let's say your average shutter speed is a sixtieth of a second. 
right? Okay. So, so that would mean that 60 photographs would be one second's worth of time. Understood. And, he, and so he basically just got me thinking about how, you know, how interesting it is that, you know, you could calculate, I mean, how, how much, you could almost calculate how many photographs someone has taken in a measure of, of minutes or hours or, you know, in that I kind of time saying. frame. Yeah. It's just, it's just, a, it's a kind of an how interesting. How long the shutter has been open on a particular camera or a particular set of pictures. Exactly. Or, or, you know, you know for your. There's, there's a, uh, who's the guy, photographer, uh, Joel Meyerowitz, you know him? Uh-uh. It's a street photographer, seventies kind of uh, street photographer. Uh-huh. He, yeah, I saw an, a d- documentary, an interview with him once, and he's like holding this Leica, and he's like, you know, and there's a clock on the on the camera, and you know, you could set this to one 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 hundredth of a second or one five hundredth of a second. He goes, uh-huh. and he says, and, and as a photographer, you you begin at a certain point to you trick yourself into believing that you can actually see in. That much time, you know what I mean? That yeah. like you can like that you can capture it. He says that I used to think that being a good photographer was like being a good athlete. Like you're there, the ball is there, your hand is where the ball is going to be. You're ready to right. capture it, you know. But but it's such an illusion because I mean, obviously, I mean they've proven that you know the human brain, whatever it is. But when you're sitting there waiting for a picture, and it's going, 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 is you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you feel like you can actually get that moment, you know. Or no, that is something, true. and it's just—it's interesting to. I mean, these are so fast—a thousandth of a second, one millisecond, even, even fucking a fifty, even a sixtieth of a second is really fast, yeah, man. Crazy. I mean, yeah. So the, the other—the other thing that my dad was talking about, um, which I think is even more relevant or really more meaningful, um, and and this is—I think we got into a conversation about why. I think I asked him one day uh, why why he was so partial to transparencies. Because uh, he pretty much shot Ektachrome um, and Kodachrome his whole photographic life. Um, he still shoots with a little crappy digital, but he's he's nowhere near as as productive as he used to be. Um, and in addition to the fact that it's a lot easier to process because you don't there's no darkroom and there's no printing involved. Um, he also really he he kind of got a kick out of the fact that that the little piece of film inside that little piece of paper frame mm. inside that holder was was right that was that was the the, the, the thing that was exposed to that light that was there yeah. at the time of the of the of the exposure you know that that was like it's like a little weird little artifact yeah no totally and and it's it's something that I, it's just it's super minor but it's like there's something really i i totally get that uh and and, and i think that it really there's a huge difference between transparencies in printing there is um you know i think it's it's the it's almost like the equivalent if you want to make a musical analogy it's like the equivalent between recording a live performance on stage uh and and a, and a studio album you know it's like the, the you know well the, the live recording it's it's as good as however it's going to be i mean you're hearing every single moment that happened as it happened um whereas in the studio well first they recorded it and then they then and they, then they mixed, mixed it, it yeah yeah, um, and you know, you and I both know that that they do that in the higher end with the live stuff as well. Yep. But but for the analogy's sake, that's a pretty safe. No, it, uh, that's safe actually comparison. not a bad way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, in film, like I the, the last camera that I use is a large format. I have a Cambo four by five, which is great. Uh, it's funny. I went and I bought that one off of eBay, and I I had meant to buy another camera. It, I, I got beat out by like $50 or $15 oh. or something like that in the end. I hate when that happens. Oh, so yeah. frustrating. Didn't, don't you know better to snipe stuff, dude? Well, yeah. Come but on. this is years ago. Okay. Uh, 2007. 
uh, and uh, yeah, I was doing that. I was playing that whole game, and I lost this thing, and I was like, "God damn it! I should have bought it," you know. And then a week later, I found one that was like a better kit, a better camera, the whole thing, and I ended up winning it for six hundred dollars. Well, probably because the, the people that you were bidding against won. When got the other one. one. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> they I didn't need it. Anymore. I won. You know, I was the only person who ever bid on it, and it was like this huge score for me. Uh, anyway, but the thing is, is Good that I've shot regular film on it. I mean, I've shot. You know, I get film, but I f- I prefer to shoot Polaroids and instant stuff on it, mostly because yeah, getting film developed is such a pain in the ass. Now it really, yeah, it really is. Now when. Polaroid stopped making all these films. It kind of puts a dent into my four by five use, you know. I mean, no, of course. Well, we shot a couple of Polaroids when uh, Hannah was here when we sh- when we were taking pictures of Hannah, and you came and helped me. Uh, I remember, yeah, that was I, I was that's my that was my first exposure to that stuff, and and it it really made it. A, I mean, that blew me away. That shit was 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 like magic. Yeah, I mean, it was really freaking yeah. cool. And that's Type fifty five, which now what used to be four or five dollars a slice. You know, when you could get it and when they still made it. Now it's all expired and these go for $20, $30 a, a piece um, yeah, if you can find it at crazy. all. Um, right. But that stuff has a certain look and a certain magic to it that I have yet to find a way to replicate. And it's funny. I got an email the other day from a guy who wanted to buy off of me high-res scans of the borders of some of my Polaroids. <laughs> nice. And I went and looked at his work and he does a lot of that stuff where he takes... They call it edges. Yeah, in the yeah, business. yeah. But I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't just that. I mean, he also did all these kind of crazy, like uh, grunge kind of looks. You know, this kind of stuff where uh-huh. they like layer crap on top of crap, and you know that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, sure. And and you know, I ended up saying no to the guy, uh, and I found a place he could buy them on stock online and whatever. But you know, for me, yeah. I, I think it's I find it's it's cheating. You know what I mean? If you're shooting film, shoot film. If you're shooting digital, shoot digital. Trying to make digital not just like look like film, like you know, tonally trying to do stuff, you know, in Photoshop or Lightroom, that's sure. fine. But yeah. at the point at which you're putting like borders and 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 putting sprockets in so it looks like a a, a strip of thirty five millimeter or you know the little like I just feel like no, that that's kind of stupid. I've, see, it's disingenuous. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I can't say that I agree with you on that one, man. I think. Once, once the once the film, sorry, once the image is in the computer, yeah. and you're you're fucking with it, anything goes, dude. Well, I mean, no, it, but here's here's the reason why I say that. The reason why I say that is, you the the viewer won't know whether that was taken. They'll think, oh wow, this guy took this picture with a large format camera on a Polaroid. Like, so what? How did he do that? Well, so what? He didn't really do that. It's kind of like you know. Who cares, dude? It's kind of like that guy holds the world record for, you know, one mile, but he, you know, rode a bicycle. It's like, well... (laughs) But we can say the same thing about auto-tune, you know, about singers who who, who aren't singing for real anymore, or or quantizing, or compositing in the world of... uh, uh, Oh, you know, I just... Look look at a movie poster. I judged a competition the other day. Yeah, but a movie poster, there's there's no expectation that that is all one picture. You know what I mean? How do you know? I, I, I mean, that's but that's kind of what my point is. It's like it doesn't really. I, okay, I think well, look, your problem is more with the with the viewer than than with the artist. Maybe I just think that you know what, take pictures you can with what you have, but trying to make something into something else that it's not. I don't know. It, it feels disingenuous to me. I went. I went. I judged a competition, and one of the pictures uh-huh. was this great picture of these um, 
uh, hot air balloons reflected in this lake, you know, and the picture was taken like from a boat, you know, and it was like, and so you saw the reflection, you saw the whole thing. It was a gorgeous picture. So I rated uh-huh. it fairly highly. Uh-huh. It c- turns out that it's a composite. It was, you know, the guy took a picture of hot air balloons and he took a picture of on water and then he put the two together. To me, mm. had I known that, I would not have mm-hmm. rated it nearly as highly. Mm. Because with Photoshop, you can do absolutely anything, you know? So sure. the, if that guy got in a boat and was down on the edge of the water taking a picture, that, like that picture, taking that picture was impressive if he actually took that picture. If he yeah, just made then, it up in Photoshop, then it's, then it's not impressive to but, me. But here's the thing, dude. When, when, when you say that, what you're telling me That's photo is illustration. that you're not... But you're not you're not grading you're not rating or judging the photograph you're judging the photographer. Um, well, yes, I'm judging the photographer, but I feel like that it's people who are actually taking the pictures in the camera are at an untenable disadvantage. But like, how do you, how and, would you how uh, do you me, compete in a competition this. if somebody's putting all their pictures together in Photoshop? No, of course. Now let me let me just let me ask the obvious question: Were there any rules stated? Like apparently it, there were, were there no rules, rules saying that this had to be all in camera. No, I think that in that kind of situation, if if you're going to have a competition and you do you know you do more than just like curves or saturation on a picture, that uh-huh. that you should it should say that this is a composite underneath the image. I, I think there should be a disclaimer. And, and, there should be an asterisks underneath it. I hear that, um, and I and I respect that too. I mean, I think there's there's definitely, um, I don't know about limits, but there's there's different grades because like you could even argue, uh, I would argue that um, uh, people who don't shoot in raw, like when you t- when you take your camera yep. and you take a picture of something and you're shooting as a JPEG, the, just the physical act that the camera is taking of converting the raw data into that JPEG is already a sweetening, a manipulation. Of what was captured. Yes. Right. That's that's but, not an accurate representation of what the camera actually grabbed. Yeah, but I, I I see that and you know, minor things in Photoshop like, you know, like I said, saturation right. or, or that kind so, of stuff. Yeah, that, when we're talking that about stuff is like and, to me, that is like film choice. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah, those are the I, same I could, kinds of things that film choices would make. And then but then but then what about things like filters, like a polarizer or a neutral density or a red filter yeah. on black and white film? Yeah. You know, I, things like that. If, I mean I, honestly, if I think if it's done in the in the physical domain, if somebody is doing it when they're taking the picture, that uh-huh. is more real to me than somebody doing it after the fact. Okay. Well let's kick this up one more notch now. Let's 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 say we're talking film. So you're you're in this you're this uh this uh photo competition ju- judging yep. what have you. And uh and you're looking at prints. And you know as well as I do that a lot of things can happen in the darkroom sure. um, that, could, that could save or, or well, ruin, yeah. but more often than that, save yeah. uh, an otherwise yeah. unusable Look or, at a lot or of less desirable song prints. prints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, case in point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you, know, that could, you could say the same thing about that stuff. No, you could. You could. But, you know, and, and there were people were doing composites in 1850. I understand that. I know this is not like a new thing. But mm-hmm. I feel like if, if you are showing me that picture of those balloons on the water and, and you, I feel like by not telling me that it's a composite, you're saying, mm-hmm. 
I was in this boat and took a, I happened to be at this great thing and took this great picture at this time. It's, I feel like I you're lying no, I, to me. I, you know? I, I totally get it. No, I totally get it. And I understand what you're saying. I, 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 just I think, don't know. I understand what you're saying is where like it's a very gray area. Where's the line? I just I just don't think it's a big deal. I don't I don't you know, I mean, unless the person is actually making that claim. Um, then I don't think it's 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 that big of a deal, you know. I mean, me me as a photographer, I, there's always the you know the the curious person in, in me that's always like, oh man, I wonder how he how he shot that. That's really cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll I'll respect or or disrespect, you know, or, or I'll respect more more respect less the 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 skill level and the artistry of a particular photographer. But but in the case of in the example that you're setting here of like judging a photo competition or, or basing you know just rating um, you know a, a particular image. Um, I, I, I have a hard time um, getting involved in the in the how, um, uh, if if it's not relevant, you know. No, I, mean, I, I if, that, well, if I'm a, my only my only know, point would be that, like I said, I think that then it makes it very difficult for somebody who's actually only doing it in camera to outdo mm-hmm. that person. No, agree. And I and I think that's the part yeah. that gets me. It's like this is a competition, and I feel like you know you had rocket powered shoes on. You yeah, know. but even if you have rocket powered shoes, doesn't mean you know how to do it, right? No, yeah. you could still sure. you could still sure. break your legs. Yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I um, I understand what you're saying, but you understand what I'm saying too. Like, I it's true. It's it, I, I don't I know where the line is, but there there's a certain point at which it's just like, okay, that's cheating. Sorry, you know, like <laughs> okay. You know. And look, this yeah. is coming from a guy who does extensive post work to my pictures. No, no of course, dude. Look at yeah, I you mean, know, like half I, my drabbles are composites. Folks, yeah, you know, they don't know that your your drabble stuff. Um, is is extremely uh, manipulated. Yeah. Um, but that's you know. Yeah. But that's an example of what I'm talking about. But about I, I love when people who... look at that stuff on my phone and they go, "Oh, you took these with the phone." <laughs> yeah, I took <laughs> yeah. them with the phone, right, right out of my phone. Mm-hmm. They look, they just look like just like that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I was. That's what I was just saying. I mean, you know, it, it, it's also a testament to your, you know, to your skill as as a Photoshop artist that you know that people you can't can, tell. Yeah, no, absolutely, I mean, that's, and that's yeah. my point. So that's that's my point. no, and it was it, it was it was this interesting thing. But uh, how did we get around to that? The whole film digital thing is that what we were talking about? Yeah, well, we're talking about our cameras, and you're yeah. talking about how you shot film and stuff. Yeah. Like so that. anyway, I, I still think that I think that you know it's funny because the competition had three sections. They had uh, prints, slides, hmm. and then digital projected files. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that you were you were judging the print. You know, and they had it in a, you know, a daylight balanced little booth. It was interesting. In fact, I'm doing another one in, I think, beginning of October. They asked me to do another one. This one I just judged with a number. The next one I actually uh-huh. have to verbally critique. Oh, boy. Which, Words. Yeah, but it's, it was like it was me and two other women who have become friends of mine. And, you know, they're like serious shooters. So it's like it was fun. You know, and it's, it was amazing. You know, probably half of them we agreed like right down the middle on like yeah we all gave it a five or an eight or a two but sure then there were others that you know i mean look th- this extends to me too as far as if you take a picture of some really amazing graffiti on a wall and all it yeah. is is a picture of graffiti on a wall yeah and it's cool because the graffiti is really good to me yeah. that's not a good picture that's good graffiti you know okay or, yeah, or you're doc- it's more like documentation exactly or you know like right. somebody else had a picture in the same competition of it was a window and there was a great picture of johnny depp in the window it was like for some you know sunglasses mm. or whatever it is i forget what the hell it was mm-hmm. but it was this fantastic picture of johnny depp on this big poster in the window whatever it is but the reflection worked in such a way that it looked cool and you know the other people gave it high marks and i said yeah but that that picture is good but it's good because that picture of johnny depp is really good 
So yeah, but it's really it, but not the didn't, didn't the juxtaposition didn't didn't the application of that picture of Johnny Depp come into play? I mean, if wasn't it, that what? If it was a picture of anything else and that picture wasn't as good in the window, it would not be the same picture. Well, but that's 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 my point. I'm just saying, like you know, I, I think. I mean that you to know, me that was like a picture. Day, also, it was a it was a it was a you're right. It was a documenting art. It wasn't art itself in this particular case. But the, there's also I think there's also something to be said though for you know you could say the same thing about uh, photographing architecture. You know yeah. uh, anybody can walk up to a building and snap a picture of it. Yeah. But but somebody who puts the time and sure. effort into finding the the best place to stand at the best time right. of day. I think that uh, I think that the difference you know, is there is that architecture is three dimensional. You know, so it's in space. It's not a flat work of art that is a final thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's I do know what you mean, and that is a good point. Um, um, I, I was just just thinking. You're, of no, a, you're you're example. not incorrect, and and certainly people are artists, and certainly there are people who you know do documentary kinds of things on street art and that kind of stuff, which is amazing. Right. There, but there it has to have something on top of it. It can't just it. be, Right. you know, to me, it needs to be more. I don't know. It's I just agree. It's interesting. Like last night I came out and saw you play and I brought a camera. I right. never bring a camera out, for, you know, to stuff like that. I know. That. I didn't even know who or hardly recognized yeah, you at the camera. Yeah, I know. But, but I, I, I don't know why. I grabbed a camera, you know. I got to send you those. Hey. I think there's some good stuff on there. Um, oh, yeah? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, one quick thing. Let's just say, yep. to finish this up, uh, my side of it. Uh, would be yeah. to say that I uh, also use some Alien Bees, some White Lightning, some Pro Photo Lights. Yes. And I like uh, soft lighters. Yes. Cause the, which is basically an umbrella with a, a cover over the front of it yeah. so that it softens it up. Yeah. What's nice is that it's like a soft box, but it doesn't take up as much space or isn't nearly as much of a pain to set up and tear down and put in. Totally. Have you have you seen the uh, the Apollo the Apollo uh, series by Westcott? Uh, I'm not sure that I have. There, there. I have one. Um, I should show it to you sometime. It's it's a nice compromise because it's it's based it's still based on an umbrella design, but they've they've given they they sort of take instead of having eight oh it's square like, eight spines it's squares yeah oh uh, exactly. yeah I'm looking at it now. You know what everyone yeah. really likes the Alien Bees is apparently making a parabolic one now a parabolic umbrella. I know umbrella. that thing looks really cool. I know it's expensive though. I mean, they're cheap, but they're not, all sold not out. For what it is? I mean, it's like oh no no no, they're six, they're cheap. I, I meant to say huge. that they're sold out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah yeah no. I think I think it's like what a hundred bucks or something like that. It's less than yeah. They're like eighty bucks, but they're and it's like fifty seven inches. It's like a good yeah. They have huge. Like, there's five these or huge six umbrellas. Feet. Anyway, they're uh, they have them in stock now. I, I've been meaning to buy one of them. Back yeah, order, I, I back order, back order, back you. order. It's all back <laughs> yeah. order. I purchased uh, the, one of the sort of house brand, the, I think it was like Impact or whatever. Yeah, Parabolic? Uh, from, uh, well, the, no, the, just a giant 56-inch oh, okay. or 61-inch umbrella from B&H, and then I got the soft lighter cover yeah. for it as well, which I've used twice now. I've, I've used them on my both of the beard portraits that I've taken, yeah. which I've been pretty pleased with. It's it's funny how uh, how different the light, source size mix things oh yeah man totally like i used to be really into really big like when i shot jumpa and uh malcolm gladwell and those kinds of people i used a big 60 something inch soft uh, octabox Mm -hmm. and it has a certain look to it actually i did that for jumpa and then i used a 60 inch soft lighter for malcolm Mm -hmm. and it's funny when i really do it i kind of like the look of the big octabox better than the soft lighters it's just such a pain in the ass to use you know no totally it takes up more space and stuff but anyway we can get on to lighting stuff later but uh 
Why don't we switch over to your side? What do you carry? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, my, my, it's funny since since uh, I've started at this job, um, my my camera, I get you know my knowledge of cameras has definitely grown because we have lots more stuff. I'm exposed to a lot a lot more stuff now. Yeah. Um, and uh, y- you know, and it's affected the the way I feel about about the different stuff. You know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like. If you don't know about something, there's there's no way you have a real way to to have a have a a point of view about it. I mean, you can say, oh, I don't like those because they're too big and too expensive, and then you never try them, and then you never touch them, and then that's the way you feel. Yeah. Um. So I just I I never really got an exposure to um any medium format stuff, either film or digital. Yeah. Um. So for, so really, prior to the past six months, um, I you know I just sort of based all of my my preferences on what my experience had been. So. That all said, uh, I've been a, as we discussed in my last, um, the last time we talked about this, uh, I've been a Nikon shooter, um, since, you know, since forever, just because I basically inherited it from my dad. And there was definitely, don't get me wrong. I mean, there was definitely a point of time when I was younger, uh, and a little bit more spirited, uh, where I, you know, it was like Nikon rules and Canon sucks, blah, blah stuff. You know, I said the same thing about Macintoshes and windows as well, where I think as, as anybody who's who's made any kind of a commitment to the, to that kind of stuff as they mature, <laughs> you start to realize that these are all just basically tools and yep. they have their strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, at the end of the day, as long as the stuff that you're making comes out looking the way you intended it to look like, and it makes you feel good, then it really doesn't matter yeah. what the hell you're using. So, so that's the, you know, it's just kind of neat to have that, that level, um, of, of a point of view and still to be exposed to new stuff. You know, it's, it's kind of cool how, as you get better at, at uh, understanding things when you're exposed to new stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's like 10 times faster and and 10 times better because now it's like, now I don't have these bigoted eyes, you know, or these weird prejudices that I used to have. So I I feel like I've, I've gotten this main huge shortcut. Um, so I can, you know, really truly understand and appreciate it. So you're saying that much much faster. Are you prejudiced against 35 millimeter now? Not, not quite. I mean, I, I, you know, right now I'm in a little bit of a honeymoon phase. I think with uh, with the medium format, I mean, I'm just like just seriously blown away by how much sharper, yeah. how much more sensitive. I mean, I'm just it's really amazing. I mean, the, qu- so, the yeah. big question comes down to what are you doing with the pictures? Honestly, if yeah. you're not making billboards, no, that extra true. sharpness and whatever it is, kind of it just kind of goes to waste. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Case in point, I, I've been showing people. So you know, as I mentioned in this prior, we uh, we talked about this earlier. I started this project as a sort of excuse to learn a little bit more about medium format digital, and just to sort of get my photo gears, you know, not so rusty. You know, just to kind of keep 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 the keep the machine moving, and. Um, so, you know, I, sh- I shoot the shots and they look amazing and I, you know, zoom in into the files at 100% and they look fantastic. And then you and then save <laughs> out a 900 by 600 <laughs> pixel. Exactly. Yeah. And then I render down this JPEG to post on Flickr and it looks just like everything else. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So that, it's like so much so that I had to basically like do a screenshot of, of, the, of the photo in Photoshop at 100% just to sort of like prove that, you know, to myself and, you know, because it's still so new and exciting to me, you know, just to sort of show off the, the level of detail that I was getting. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, this sort of comes around to that, that statement I made earlier where it's like at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, 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 the task at hand is determined um, by what – or no, the tools you use are determined by what the task at hand yeah. is. So, so Although I, wait, I will like, say that the, the, the price of entry into medium and large format in film is much mm-hmm. lower than in digital – in a way that if you shoot film 35 medium and large, yeah. 
you can almost it's it's I think it's smart to get a handle on those differences in film because all the things that you learn will transfer into digital and it doesn't cost you $40,000 to buy. You know what I mean? To, 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 no, to play with one. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely uh, right. Um, I think that's, that's on top of point. the fact that, I mean, look, like we said before, these biggest of all these sensors is still not that big. No, you know? it's true. so it's sort of like digital is still sort of just sort of medium, small format and below, you know, Right, like that's, no, it's, it's the it's the truth. It's uh, the truth. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so moving along, yeah my my current camera is a first generation uh, Nikon D three, uh, which I purchased from my photographer friend Kent, uh, who is also a dedicated Nikon guy, and he's he's been doing it long enough, um, and and is a pretty I would I, if I had to guess I would say that at least half, if not more, of his day to day his his bread and butter uh is event coverage he does a lot of press type stuff and a lot of music type stuff so he's a multi-body shooter he's one of those dudes that shows up at the gig with with a minimum of two bodies with you know a wide zoom on one and a long zoom on the other and you know and he just does his thing so he you know he's he's always had at least two bodies and so i think he bought the first he he, he had a pair of d2s uh or whatever the last of the d2 i think it's the d2x or whatever d2s or h i can't remember um and then when he you know when the d3 first came out he bought one of those and then a year later he bought another one uh because the d3 is is like a five thousand dollar camera um and then when the d3s came out last year he decided he was going to replace one of his d3s so he gave me a really great deal um on his first d3 and what is the like so, a slight improvement in sensitivity and that's about it right it wasn't a very big change the same resolution same um same same file size uh really pretty remarkably improved sensitivity really because um, the 3d the yeah. d3 was supposed to be like a big deal when it first came out too it was i mean you have to remember nikon was a good two years behind canon yeah. into the full frame game so the the d3 was the first full frame nikon camera that camera. wasn't that wasn't embarrassing above 800 yeah no it was it was amazing <laughs> yeah. man it was a full frame camera and it had ridiculously um sensitive sensor for the time you, you know it's funny i i have pictures from a trip my father and i took in 2004 with my original digital rebel uh-huh so a 6 megapixel body even even yeah. at ISO 100, there's noise there. I go back and look at those files, and they're... I'll bet. I mean, they're not noisy, but, like, you can tell, you know? No, I know. I hear it's really funny. Although, you know what? So, With um, all these cameras nowadays, the Lightroom noise reduction... Yeah. The Lightroom 3 noise reduction I mean, we, is We talked insane. about this before, about the, how, the fact that, you know, why it's so critical to shoot in RAW these days, because RAW processing is still... It's still a work in progress, and and five years from now, raw processing is going to be to yeah. a level where who knows what what kind of magic you'll be able to pull out of an old file. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's really it's that's yeah. I'm excited about. All right, that. so you got your D three. Um, what a glass! So, so I got so I got my D three and you have um, a D seventy or D ninety too, don't you? I do, I do. The D three sort of replaced the D ninety, um, which in turn replaced my D seventy. So technically speaking, I have three bodies, uh, which are all sort of compatible. Um, now, why do you bother keeping the D seventy for sentimental purposes? Well, it, it, there's a little bit of that, and you know what? I, I, I when I was, uh, I, I had this 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 vision of of like getting really into eBay. <laughs> uh, there was a point in time for about two months uh, before I took the full time job, um, where I was I was 
I was, you know, trying to figure out ways to make money and I had a ton of crap flying around. So I set up this great little sort of like tabletop product studio setup and I wanted to dedicate a camera to it. So I put this sort of low end 35 to 105 zoom that my, my dad had from ages ago. I don't know why he even got like an it. old it's manual. Just, it's such a, no, it's, 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 it's first gen and AF lens it's you know it's got like it's it's a three five to five yeah, six yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know at 35 it's so it's crappy consumers at 105 basically yeah consumer zoom so I, fu- I figured i'd slap it on that thing and then i just tether it to my computer and then i'd have a pair of lights and everything would just all be bolted to the table the background the lights yeah. the camera everything would be Drop there and then when i was ready snap, to shoot some yeah, shots gotcha. exactly and it worked out great man i banged out i probably generated jesus well i i, I had um I would say I, I made over 120 auctions in in that that amount of time. Uh, in, in Wait, two you don't have to set up anymore. Six week period. No, I, I broke it down because I was you know I got the job and Heather, I, I've been keeping. Heather busy. happens to have some uh, Phantom Menace dolls that are apparently still in their wrappers that are actually worth something, but she needs to put them on eBay. Well, I'd be happy right. to help. I you know I've been invited multiple times by eBay to the Power Seller program. Ooh. Apparently, what happens? I think that in order to do that, you need to have over one hundred auctions in a year's time, and you need to have sold over three thousand dollars worth of stuff. And I so none of those to, fifty cents tchotchkes. No, well, I or, or a shitload of those fifty yeah, cent yeah, tchotchkes, yeah, yeah. if you want to look at yeah, it that way. Sure. Um, but no, so I was able to, to 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 clear that. I met that requirement within uh, six weeks, um, which is cool. But then I read the fine print of the power seller program and there's some stipulations where you have to basically continue selling on a very sort of regular basis. Otherwise they, they, uh, they kick you out. I don't know if they kick you out. There's no, I, I couldn't tell if there's any fees involved. Anyway, we, we shouldn't talk about eBay right now. Uh, it's, it's a whole, so you had the D 70 set up there, but you don't anymore. So now, it's yeah, so I basically, bag. so I kept the D 70 around just, just, just to have uh, as a, as a, you know, stay at home, bolt down type of camera. Uh, and you know, I, I also, um, one of my sort of pet loves in photography is time-lapse photography. Um, and I always had these sort of thoughts of setting up a, dedicating a camera just to sort of put in a, in a spot that I would leave for a very long time. Oh, hang on a second. Did my, did your what? No, no. My computer seems to be very Sluggish. busy with things right now. Uh, time machine's been cranking here. I should just have it stop. I th- looked like the recording stopped. Anyway, going? sorry about that. It's still going. Okay. Um, it's interesting how GarageBand like minimizes the waveform, uh, drawing to kind of compensate for, yeah. you know, a weak, weak processor. Anyway, um, so yeah, I got the D70, and then I, I inherited a bunch of glass, or stole or borrowed, whatever you want to call it, from my dad, and then I bought a bunch of my own. So I just, I, I don't have, and, I, and I, the problem is, man, I, I like it all, so I'm always changing it up, because um, I'm, always, I'm always, depending on what mood I'm in and depending on where I'm going. Um, but my go-to lenses uh, right now, are probably both I have, I have a pair of zooms i have the the current the the nikon makes a really nice 24 to 72 8 lens which is arguably one of their better you know one of their better lenses uh, and i bought that brand new Wait, what's the really nice cropped sensor one is it the 17 to 50 or the, something there's the 70 yeah that th- this was the successor to that and that that the, the, that I lens was beautiful borrowed, it was and this this is just as nice if not char- if not sharper um so i've i've had a lot of good luck with it but i don't the problem is it's so goddamn big i don't like to take it out for little just random walking around sure. type stuff i use it for work for sure uh and then its mate is uh nikon's second gen 80 to 200 28 zoom af 
Um, it's got the old school push pull form factor, yeah. so it doesn't. It's you know, it doesn't have like a dedicated knob for zoom and a dedicated knob for focus. So focusing and zooming are all in one giant collar yeah. um, on the thing, which is which is okay. Um, but it's nice because it's a lot. It feels like it's a lot smaller and tighter than the current seventy to two hundred. Um, and I don't care what you say, man. It's it's still a super sharp lens, and I love what it does um, when you shoot it either wide open or it's really funny there must open. be something easy about the like 70 to 200 range because the all the canon 70 to 200s in that range you know the f4 the f2 the f2.8 uh is whatever they're all uh-huh. they're generally considered to be some of canon's sharpest lenses so maybe yeah maybe there's something inherent in that focal length that is easy to do optically you know what i mean That's that like true. Yeah. that is Nikon's- easy to do well optically yeah, Nikon's 200 f2 is insanely yeah, sharp. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, the thing is a freaking tank. I mean, it's just a giant, yeah. giant piece of glass. And I was playing with Canon's 300 28, which is insanely sharp yes. as well. Well, yeah, those, those um, Canon long primes but, are supposed to be incredible. But the, yeah, but they're freaking huge, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, monopod. That's why they're required. sitting on the sidelines at a uh, NFL <laughs> game as we speak. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so those are the two zooms I use. Primes? Um, and then I have a shitload of primes. Um, let's see. Uh, I recently purchased, uh, right before I bought the D3, um, I knew that I was going to hold on to the D90 as a, I, you know, I, I had designs on either picking up a D3 or a D700, you know, a full frame camera of, of some sort. But I knew that I needed a fast, wide prime. Um, and I had my old school 50 millimeter 1.8. Which, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a fine lens, but it does this weird ghosty thing when it's wide open. So if you're shooting wide open and you happen to catch uh, light right in the middle, like dead center, yeah, like really heinous flares. And it just really, it just totally spoiled the taste of the lens for me. It's like, even though I I very rarely ever saw it, just the the thought that I could, that could happen really kind of just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth and I stopped shooting with it. Um, so I, when Nikon released this new lens, this 35 millimeter, um, no, sorry. Yeah. 35 millimeter 1.8 DX lens. So it's, it's, it's designed to be used on the, on the crop factor lenses and it's, you know, it's got a built in AF motor so you can stick it on your, your consumer, um, body without, you know, I don't know if you know the, the lower end Nikon bodies, uh, don't have motors in them, which is one of the reasons they're, they're cheaper and smaller. Um, but you have to have a lens that has a motor in it so that it'll autofocus. So um, I had the D90 at the but time. But all the modern lenses have the motors inside them, don't they? Uh, I think I so. It was sort of like so. a transition phase when they were using the body's motor. Yeah, but they also do some weird little vignette type stuff too. So like when it says DX on it, it really, I mean, you put it on a full frame camera and there is a visible vignette. Like you can actually see. Oh, sure. See no, 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 of, of course that. I know, but yeah. I just meant like all the, all the modern lenses all have motors, right? Uh, I want to say they do. Anything with a G in it yeah. does for sure. Right. Uh, and G also means they don't have aperture rings anymore, too. They've been pulling those off, um, which I guess makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, I, that lens only costs like 200 bucks, yeah. And I figured I'm going to have the, the D90 as a spare for, for the near future, and 200 bucks is nothing. And coincidentally, when I stick that lens on my, on my uh, D3, I kind of like the vignetting. It's, it's, it's not anywhere near as, as, as drastic as you'd think. And I'm, I'm one of those guys that likes, I, I put like a, maybe a 5% vignette, um, in Lightroom anyway, just, just to kind of, you know, as a rule, just to sort of put some, a little bit of a emphasis on the center of the picture. Vignettes are fine as Um, long as what you're shooting isn't in the, 
edge of the frame. <laughs> right. No, I, mean, I wouldn't use it for like architecture documentary type stuff. But for, you know, when you're shooting a picture of a person sure. and they're usually in the middle of the picture somewhere, having a little bit of a vignette around the corners is nice because it kind of kind of warms it up a little bit. So anyway, I, I've I've really liked that lens. That's that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, and then I don't really ever use it, but it's it's an amazing lens. It's the 65 millimeter macro or uh, micro, as Nikon calls it for some reason. Um, it's a two eight, and it's great for shooting up close. But I don't do too much up close stuff anymore these days, um, so I don't really use it. I also have the one o five two eight manual focus macro lens, which is insane. Uh, the current one o five Nikon also makes a current one o five two eight macro, uh, which is huge. It's like literally twice the size of this one. Same, I think it's the same design and has the same look. Uh, with this ridiculously shallow depth of field, and you can get way up close on stuff and make it like giant like and bug super eyes or big and sharp. Not quite there. Uh, yeah, I would guess bug eyes. I haven't I haven't tried that sort of thing. You go but find if a not bug eyes, like and see how, how it does. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get right okay. on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing that thing is an insane pain in the ass to focus that you have to put on a tripod because um, yeah, it's sure. just so the depth of field is so shallow. But it's really really sharp, and that's a fun lens for that kind of stuff. Um, I also have. I, my most recent acquisition from my dad is his old school circa 68, 69, 105.25. Uh, it's, you know, manual focus. The aperture ring is like butter. Yeah. I mean, like the stops are just like hints. Uh, and it just, oh, it's, it's really amazing. It's got this really nice blend of like, it's just sharp enough. It, you know, I would liken it to sort of like a, the, the Mia look. You know how it's got yeah. like, like just that sharp, that sharpness, but that softness. Yep. That weird kind of blend of sharp and soft. And I've been finding um, my friend Jason in Chicago has been collecting um, old school Nikon manual focus lenses because he's a video guy. And he's been slapping them on uh, Canon video cameras and some uh, and th- actually 16 millimeter film cameras. So he has this like sur- he had this surplus of old vintage Nikon glass and we traded. I had some old Ly- Nikon flashes. Um, and he was trying to experiment with, with strobes and stuff. So I'm like, Hey, look, I'll send you some of my old strobes. If you send me some of your old lenses. And I picked up from him a 35 millimeter F2, uh, no 35, two, eight, 85 millimeter F2, um, which are both like kind of worn down. I mean, like the, I think the 85 even has like visible junk on the, on the front element. Sure. Um, but, but there's just something really cool about like this kind of warm, mushy you know, softness. I, 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 it's, it's funny. Somehow. In the old school days when we were using the cameras like we used to use, the old manual 35 millimeters, a lot of times they'd split mm-hmm. prisms. They'd what? Split prism viewfinder. Oh, the – You know, yeah, where yeah. you well, line the thing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little screen. But like most of the screens nowadays, you know, all the built-in ones don't have those. And I've replaced no, I mine. But I find it very difficult to manually focus without one. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not big enough – in the viewfinder for me to trust manually focusing. I, I would agree. In fact, I've gotten to the point now where I've trained my eye. Um, fortunately, most modern cameras all do this to, to just kind of peripherally refer on the Nikon finder. Um, it's in the lower left-hand corner. Uh, that's where it is on the Hasselblad finder as well. I don't know where it is in the Canon. Canon, finder, what it does sure is somewhere. it lights up the focus point that would be in focus if it was, man- if it was automatically doing it. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, on the Nikon and then the Hasselblad, what it does is uh, 
it, it basically has two arrows, like a left and a right arrow, and then a dot in the middle. And so it basically, when the dot is lit, that means it's in focus based on the focusing point that you've chosen. Because, yeah. you know, well, on, on the Hasselblad, there's, it just it only focuses dead center. Yeah. But on the Nikon, obviously, there's 50-some-odd points that you can, yeah. poke, you, know, you can choose. And it keeps that highlighted so you can at least see what the autofocus system is looking at. Uh, and then what the cute little thing with the little arrows is it tells you what direction you would need to turn the lens right, 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 you know, right. in, order, in order to get it in focus. So I, whenever I'm shooting manually, I always sort of take a quick glance at that thing. Um, so it, and, well, man, one of the things I super, I just really love about the, uh, the, the, the ability is that you, I can slap these old school manual lenses on my D3. Yeah. And because they have the, the, the proper little hook for the, uh, for the aperture ring, um, I, can, I can shoot an aperture priority. So I don't need to worry about you know the exposure sure. and i can just concentrate on focusing which is really really fun and then there's even a cute little feature in the d3 that lets you enter in manually you, you can actually enter up to nine uh they call them non-cpu lens data so you can basically say lens one is my 85 220 lens two is my 105 25 and all i need to do and i can even assign so it to a quick t- button it'll tag on it my in the camera Exactly. So the the EXIF data is all totally current. It's uh, like in the li- a lot about. of the Leica lenses for the M8 and M9, you can actually go have them hand painted because there's like a there's a dot <laughs> system on the ring, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is just for, nuts. For depth yeah. of field. Yeah, no, it's funny. So, um, just running off my lens collection, uh, thirty five. Um, so you have a lot of glass, a, but but I how do. much of it do I you do. actually use? It's a good, it really depends, man. It depends on what, what I'm doing. Um, and, and because I haven't been doing much lately, yeah. I, I'll tend to just, you know, the, the ones I've been that most seems partial like a lot to of glass old, to me. It is, it is. Um, and, but you have to understand, I didn't really spend any money on right, it. Right, so right. it's just like, it's more like an acquired collection than it's something I actually actively went out and purchased. But no, the, the stuff I use most frequently right now, uh, are the manual ones, man. I will go out with the 35, the 85 and the 105. And then, and then just as sort of a safety, the 35, 18, autofocus um just because i love that lens so much and and they're all little and light you know so i can carry four lenses and and seriously dude those four lenses weigh as much as like the zoom you know the one zoom or the one and a half zoom that i would take and they take up they take up the the half the room so i don't feel like it's like um it doesn't feel like i'm carrying that much crap yeah um so that's that's my main that's my main rig of when i'm shooting my own my own stuff and then if i if i were to you know to get a paid gig and i had the ability i would probably um, I would do the best I can to get my hands on one of the Hasselblads from work, uh, which at this point would be uh, an H2 with, uh, I've really taken a liking to their 100. They have this 100 millimeter 2.2, which is just insane. It is super sharp. It, it, you can get really close on things. I just, the, you know, the, the fall off is, is ama- it's amazing. And, you know, you put a, a P45 on that, which is a 39 megapixel. Right medium format sensor almost full frame and it's just insane i think they should really name so. the backs to how many megapixels they are yeah i don't know why i think they started doing that it is it is it is because you think oh p30 that's 30 megapixels right. it's like no, no not it's not so much <laughs> it's not quite yeah it's close yeah uh, not quite wow oh actually we're over an hour already yeah i noticed that but that's okay that's good we, we got we got we got sidetracked in the middle of talking about more photo philosophical stuff Which is as fine. far as you know i'm all for talking yeah. about photo philosophy photo philosophy photo philosophy yeah and i guess to round off maybe my that should be that stuff. should be the name of this episode photo philosophy mm. no no maybe <laughs> i'll make i'll make a mention of it in the notes right, yeah. but i'm not going to name the episode that <laughs> um and then i've recently just just right right before i got the gig um i i had been building predominantly on ebay 
uh, an alien bees. Sorry, no, a white lightning centric yeah. uh, strobe kit. Well, I think you so know what I we're have, gonna have. Let's do a whole show on lighting because there's a lot to talk yeah, about. So, that. yeah, and I have a shitload of lights. I mean, just because I've been building my collection for the past two, three sure. years now. So yeah, I mean, the, the white lightnings are the la- are the latest acquisition. But uh, when I was first getting started, you know, I, I was um, a member of the you know the strobist revolution or whatever you want to call it. Of course, you were. I definitely gotten got into building my own mod hey, whatever dude it was I, fun hey i, mean, I saw i, I saw I, the video of you the first thing i ever saw when you emailed me i watched the video of you unpacking your bag <laughs> well that's something i do have a a flair for i, I do like uh i do like packing bags that's true <laughs> what can i say all right well then anyway, we'll do lighting soon uh what's that yeah lights yeah. and 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 maybe we could talk about bags sure too, absolutely I like we bags can put so those much. together Cool, dude. Excellent. So, yes, dear listeners, please respond to our uh, our uh, whatever our solicitation. We're we're asking for uh, our frantic pleas so for hit the, hit, hit the blog. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm assuming, hopefully, you, you you found our podcast via our blog. But in case you don't know what it is, uh, it is Bill and Dan uh, dot blogger dot com. I believe it's right? blogspot.com. Well, blogspot.com. It's weird because in the editor, it's blogger.com. Yeah. But, but they show up as to the actual spot, so Bill and Dan. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Yes, that's where it is, and I will I will be posting a an official re, you know reply to uh, post in a moment, Perfect. so you can do that. Okay. So sweet. All right. See you next week. Talk to you in a week. <laughs>